0: like you're a computer's oh. immune to beatboxing
1: yeah no here it is it's a setting on the zoom meeting actually oh here, hold on allow there's beatbox. a setting for beatboxing
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> there i think i got it did that work yes that was oh, okay great i think we got you, it
0: so if <laughs> i turn off the setting right here yeah. uh-huh. okay now i'm beatboxing
1: yeah nothing wow that's so weird that they built that in. Okay, now I'm going to turn it on. Okay.
0: <music> Greetings, citizens of Earth. I'm Dan. And I'm Eric. Welcome to Accelerator Thrust, where we discuss and review underground, conventional, and experimental music with a focus on the Iowa and Midwest Zoom beatboxing scene. Right. So I I learned something interesting about our um, bros in Metallica. Oh, snap. Or actually, actually one person in Metallica, the uh, Lars Ulrich guy. Mm -hmm. Sure. I know him. I uh, was randomly, for some reason, bored the other day, and I decided to look up Metallica's favorite food. (laughs) I just wanted to know what Metallica ate
1: for some reason. I don't know why it popped into my head. Uh, I I would guess blackened chicken. Blackened chicken. Uh, (laughs) So
0: the first thing it showed was a link that showed... um, it was probably an Instagram photo or something of James Hatfield Mm -hmm. getting ready to eat his pre-show meal, which was a giant pork chop and a green salad. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sounds pretty tasty, right?
1: Um, (laughs) The uh, pre-show meal makes me think he's like, uh, still trying to mow it down as he walks to this thing. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> he, just, he just has salad in his teeth. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of freaking... In between his teeth, he's got the pork chops and everything. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, he's flossing. Wow. But then the most interesting one was Lars Ulrich eats about 20 pancakes a day. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was his favorite. Okay, but... All right, uh, so... Wasn't uh, this-
1: pancake batter. <laughs>
0: well... <laughs> there's there's a there's a there's a, a perfectly logical explanation for this, I'm sure. No, actually, uh, there is actually a a uh, explanation for this. It, it turns out that Lars Ulrich is quite the runner. He runs oh. every
1: day. Oh, carbo loading. Time to carbo load. Yeah.
0: Carbo loading. However, the pancakes <laughs> he actually eats are very uh. thin, apparently, and they're made of egg whites, oats, and something else. I don't remember what it was. Oh. Yeah. yeah, so he eats like 20 of these egg white omelets. I get it. Basically, they're omelets that are pancakes.
1: Yeah. Like sort that's of thing. Cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I actually, I want to hate on Lars because mm-hmm. everyone should. Yeah. But, um, there's,
0: there's no excuse not to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: But I actually make pancakes using oats and almond milk. And mm-hmm. that's the only, those are the only ingredients. And they're blended. really, yeah. And you it blend doesn't, it. doesn't, it,
0: it, it doesn't actually like create like a batter sort of oh. thing. Oh,
1: and a, a banana. Sorry, a banana. Oh, oh okay. The banana. All right. So you gotcha. blend that in the blender, and mm-hmm. that becomes your pancake batter. And it's really, mm-hmm. really good and not, you know, as bad for you as real pancakes. Sure. And yeah. Uh, so I'm on the same page as Lars on this one. And that may be the only time that. Has or will ever happen again? I i hope that <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. Did you sue Napster in the nineties? No, I I sued uh, Lime Wire. <laughs> no. a LimeWire.
0: A LimeWire. Oh yeah. wow, I forgot about you know LimeWire. Always reminded me of. It sounded to me more like a drink, like it should yeah. have been a soda, like mm. Vault or Surge or. All those like uh, weird late 90s drinks. I would
1: drink the shit out of Limewire.
0: So would I. That's It sounds delicious, doesn't it? Yeah. Hey um,
1: Coca-Cola.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if you're, you're listening, listening <laughs> make the Limewire. They uh, just came out with a new lemon lime soda called
1: Oh right. Starry, I believe. Oh yeah. I like the artwork on it. It's mm-hmm. really really kind of like gravy or something.
0: Yeah, it really kind of, and you know what it reminds me of actually, it reminds huh. me of all those late nineties drinks. Cause there was like a weird design graphic design element to a lot of those. Like yeah. I remember they were really styling everything like cherry Coke had that weird one where it was like this red black, it kind of mm-hmm. looked like the artwork, like Frank Miller or something kind of, or yeah. I, 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 I can't describe remember. it. I, I, I don't know, like New Yorker type art or something. And then there was um, Fruitopia. You remember that? Oh, category? sure.
1: Yeah, Fruitopia. Uh, and That's about the 90s as it gets right there. It,
0: it is, yeah. And then there was that um, Snapples element. You remember those things?
1: Yeah, I really liked the orange one. Is that fire? Mm-hmm. It was like dragon? Yeah. Dragon no, or something? I don't fire remember. was red. It was... Oh, okay. I like the uh, orange one. The orange was the
0: sun. Um, wow. And then there was rainwater, which they said it was cactus water. Oh, like, right. Yeah, I remember. Hmm. And then, wow. then there. Were, well, what's the other element? The moon? The uh, moon? <laughs> <laughs> I like this, it. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Earth, wind, fire, and moon. moon. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, how come that wasn't in the Captain Planet theme song? Like, that doesn't make no sense. You know? I don't I'm even like,
1: remember that song, but it would have really? been better if they mentioned the moon. Every song would be better if you mentioned the moon. There's no way around that. Every
0: single one. Captain Planet. He's a hero. You don't remember that? Uh, no. Well, I don't know. Maybe you were... Just not watching cartoons by the time. Because that was kind of, mm. I remember like it was, um, I don't know, that was like early ninety probably like 1990 or something. I think I just hated the environment.
1: <laughs> you were just like, I don't want to <laughs> save the world. Yeah. I was like, I like my superheroes to destroy shit not mm-hmm. fix it. That For actually... Hell
0: that, that actually is a very understandable and relatable, um, <laughs> idea.
1: Like I want my superheroes
0: to destroy
1: shit. <laughs> yeah. If and, there's a city left after a superhero battle, something is not right. That's Yeah. I,
0: I always, I always thought that was hilarious. How every literally every episode of the Ninja turtles was always like some big robot or some <laughs> flying thing with wheels would land in the middle mm-hmm. of the city. And mm-hmm. Uh, the cities would, you know, get picked up by some gravity machine. And then like, I don't know, uh, freaking April O'Neil would find some way to fix it or something. And then mm, with science, then the, yeah, the science, the gravity machine would stop. Then all the buildings would fall perfectly
1: back in place. <laughs> and, and, like, all, and all the people were fine and grateful. Yeah,
0: All the people were fine. And the city was like, you know, back together the next episode, like,
1: you know, New York was fine. In, yeah. in the well, 90s, you know what's funny though is like we're we're kind of picking this apart, saying that this aspect of it is unbelievable. While uh-huh. there's actually mutated turtles fighting, <laughs> there's some other unbelievable elements to it as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yes, uh, but you know the mutated rat though you can't deny.
1: No, that all happens. mutated rats throughout history. That is an actual thing.
0: It's uh, an actual yeah. thing.
1: Uh, the mutated rats. Mutated. Pretty good. Pretty good band name. That is a great band name. If yeah, anyone wants it. it,
0: go ahead and take uh, it. Uh please don't take it because I want to use
1: it. No, it's freebie. <laughs> ah, shoot. <laughs> well, you can pay me for it. Okay. You know what? The race is on. Yeah. <laughs> Here it is. You start a band called The Mutated Rats and beat Dan putting out a single. Yes. What's that's a challenge to the
0: listeners. That's not much of a challenge because you're going to do it. I guarantee it. <laughs> that's you're, You've you already uh, won. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What else is going on in pop culture from the 90s?
1: <laughs> What's going on now?
0: Uh, yeah, in the 90s. Because, you know, the 90s still exists, just some other timeline, you know? We all know um, that.
1: It's proof. Oh, like all times are happening at the same moment. Yeah. They're all happening oh, right sure. now. There's right. Yeah. yeah. That's a given. Trust the science, you know? Yeah. No one can deny that. Yeah. No, no one, one can, can disprove that. Yeah. That's the great thing about science is it can't disprove anything. <laughs> That's very true. And you can't I can believe f- whatever I want. Science can't do shit about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you can't have faith in science
0: either. Like you don't pray <laughs> to science, you know,
1: <laughs> I, I I've started to. I don't think it's having much effect, but you know, yeah, that's all right. (laughs) Sure.
0: Did you find anything interesting in the news or no, not really? Yeah. There's, I I mean, Metallica and Smashing Pumpkins are both coming out with new albums next year or not, not next year, excuse me, next month in Ah. April. That's the only thing I know. And Metallica's 72 seasons and (laughs) Smashing Pumpkins is a triple Uh. album. (laughs) You know, (laughs) We're talking a lot about music here. Uh almost yeah. as if we have a podcast that talks oh, about music. Oh yeah. You're right. Yeah. And um I, you know, we got a lot of music that we specifically want to cover today. Yeah. Um, and that's in the form of three records. Of course, one local from the Midwest. And then also we got a single. Noise. Um, so come on, everybody, it's record time. This Uh my pick for this week is brought to you by Enemy Chuck. Of course, if you don't know who Enemy Chuck is, um, all you have to do is go back and listen to some other episodes. But real quick, Enemy Chuck is the enemy of the show. He's and
1: humanity as a whole. He's and human yes. Basically like the the adversary, you know, the antichrist. Right? Is that what they call it?
0: Yeah, they call him the antichrist. They call right. him um yeah. the devil. All yeah. kinds of things. Bad stuff, bad stuff yeah. this guy. But... Yeah, he goes by LDI Blows. <laughs> LDI Blows. <laughs> anyway, um but Chuck, even though he's our enemy, uh does have uh good taste in music sometimes. Yeah, true. Um and so he did recommend this. Um it is uh from a group called the Young Fathers. The name of the record is Heavy Heavy, and they are a Scottish group who have been around since 2008. And I think this is phenomenal. I really enjoyed this record uh, from beginning to end almost instantly. Um, so this is um, this was actually released only uh, at the beginning of February. So mm. it's only a month old. And so uh, this is really, really new. I don't have a lot of words to describe it because I actually think Eric is probably going to have some better descriptions about what this is than me cuz I feel like Eric is a lot more well versed in sort of Afrobeats uh stuff like that maybe um maybe some reggae anyway I don't know I'll uh I'm very curious What Eric's take is here, Uh, but anyway, I think this was really, really fantastic. Uh, The the thing I will say about it is, I think it's uplifting and very fun to listen to, Um, and it is very percussive, soulful, very catchy, and just just I I thought it was a joy to listen to. Anybody can correct me if I'm wrong because I will admit I'm not a big connoisseur on this kind of stuff. I like it when I hear it, but. I would consider this having Afrobeat elements as well as funk, soul, R&B. There's definitely a huge hip hop element and even some like indie sort of indie rock elements. Mm -hmm. Um, The songs are really short and I feel like very easy to listen to um, in in a very good way. And I I would even dare to say that some of this is poppy in its own way. But, you know, it, it was it was. It was very easy and fun to listen to without being cheesy, without being, I mean, there definitely were elements of it that I would say were a little challenging and experimental, but kind of seems like this would be a pretty good gateway into it. It's it's definitely, I would say, got some reggae elements to it. There were times where there was kind of this crossover between like sort of spoken word rapping that. I don't know. Someone like Saul Williams kind of comes to mind a little bit. Uh, but then there was also definitely some R and B style vocals, which, uh, the best comparison I could think of there would be like Prince, um, Mm -hmm. as odd as that may sound. Yeah. I mean, I honestly don't really have much more to say. It's very kind of tribal worldly, like the percussion elements are very amazing. There's definitely a bunch of stringed instruments kind of going on and, um, Some synthesizers are kind of thrown in there. Uh, Chuck compared them to kind of a less artsy TV on the radio. That comparison is definitely valid. Um, I would say there's some elements of stuff like Animal Collective, some of the later Talking Heads stuff. Um, What I've heard of Fila Cootie. Also, like there's... um, the rap element, uh, it really reminds me of this rapper named Mock Hami, who was actually on the Bug record that we reviewed a while mm-hmm. back, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the Bug, uh, there definitely was some elements of that kind of reminded me of that. But then also, like, I also would say another fair comparison would be, like, Tyler, the Creator's Igor, mm-hmm. um, the record that we reviewed a while back as well. Uh, Brock Hampton and you know, I would say even like a little bit of something like Al Green at times, Mm -hmm. there definitely was that soulful kind of funk element, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, it, it was just a really, really fun, interesting listen. So yeah, um, I'm very glad that, uh, Chuck recommended, uh, recommended this to us, even though he is our enemy, but, um, I'm glad to start off my listening experience of releases in, uh, to 2023 with a record like this. Um, so yeah. W- what did you think, Eric?
1: Yeah. I hate to admit it because Chuck suggested it, but um, <laughs> it, it it was great. I really had a really good time listening to it. And um, it's kind of rare for something to be this sort of upbeat feeling, but also have an energy and an edge to it, you know, that keeps it from being kind of, cheesy or saccharine or whatever. Like it never feels that way at all, Mm -hmm. but it is super upbeat. I agree with a lot of the things you said for sure. These guys are from Edinburgh. 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 Yes. Scotland. The thing I picked up, I had, I had to look that up because the thing that I felt at the beginning was, uh, when it just, when it started, I was like, Oh, this has like a new Orleans bump to it. And Mm -hmm. that sort of, permeates through the whole thing and so that's really cool so yeah it has this percussion is at the forefront or at least the percussive element Mm -hmm. everything kind of moves it's upbeat and like always moving um and there's really no lulls if there is any break from just the overwhelming movement of the whole thing it, it really seems like it's only to make it more impactful when it comes back the vocals are layered for the most part. They do a lot of different things. You can tell they'd spent a lot of time thinking about what the vocals were doing at all times. They are, It's never phoned in or whatever. It's not always layered. Sometimes there's solo vocal performances. But even at that point, there's still usually something underneath it happening. And they they are really wild at times. There is sort of that hip hop element to it in a, in a weird way and the thing is like i would not say this is hip-hop music like there might be elements of it in this music but to me it doesn't really it doesn't operate the same way and it doesn't feel the same way but there are a lot of similarities and a lot of especially in the construction you know but yeah it's very difficult to put this into a category category like i've already said it's super fun but it's also distorted and aggressive feeling at moments, not aggressive like they are being aggro, but just has a edge to it, a distorted overblown heavy edge to it sometimes, but not all the time. It feels mostly sample based to me, but mm-hmm. I have no proof of that, but also super loose and and interesting and fun. And I can't say fun anymore than I have. Uh, but yeah, the things that you mentioned, very much so. TV on the radio, 100%. And I'm not saying it's derivative by any means. I'm just saying they share a lot of similarities. But yeah, like uh, you said, Animal Collective, I had Yay Sayer. Like, it has that indie epicness to it at times. Sure. As far as the rhythms go, I had um, uh, Bow Wow Wow, you know, that that kind of bump. Mm. The Eno Burn record. And that Exuma, the Obeah man. I don't remember if you remember when we reviewed that. It's been yes. a long time ago. Yep. that was that was one so, of our first reviews. I yeah, some of the rhythms on that for sure. And then as far as the construction of the, the whole thing, it actually did sort of remind me of Soul Coffee because, mm-hmm. like it, it is using samples a lot, but they're not stuck there. It has a movement, and they play within the confines of that sort of uh, sample-based kind of stuff. But yeah, at the <laughs> this is so stupid. Very stupid! But at the end of the day, what this reminded me of was there was a song called Land of a Million Drums. It was on the Scooby-Doo soundtrack, and it was by Outkast. <laughs> so uh it's that's really cool
0: it's a cool song and no is that one, on is that on the scooby-doo movie
1: soundtrack yeah like the first one i think the first one okay oh uh, so like after hey ya came out so like you know whatever year that was i don't know wow okay yeah. I'm, I'm gonna have to check that it's one a cool out song, but yeah it, that's just kind of it, it's kind of a joke but at the same time i've always really appreciated the groove of that song and sure i don't think young fathers are probably that influenced by the outcast scooby-doo song but if you <laughs> if you like it, check this record. Down. Well, I mean, you do you do never know. I mean, I wouldn't
0: be surprised if uh they, you know, they might be in, inspired by Outcast or something. You know what I mean? Like who knows? Who sure. knows? Yeah, you never know. Um, but you did uh solidify something. I'm gonna have to check out some more Bow Wow Wow oh, after you. Yeah, I can't
1: that. say enough about Bow Wow Wow. They're super cool and everyone should check them out. But regardless, everyone should check out this young father's record too, because it is. It really was surprisingly uh, fun and upbeat and super just good. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. So
0: Yeah, yeah, it blew my mind. All right. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you liked that selection. Yeah, it, it was uh, cool. I, I definitely will be listening to it again, for sure. For sure,
1: yeah. So uh, my pick for this week is by a group called the 72-Hour Post-Fight. And the album is called Non-Background Music. Came out 2022. They're from Italy. And uh, I think that kind of tells you something about the music. Like it has a, a kind of a, like Italian spy feel to it at times. And I, I don't know. that That's just kind of a weird observation. But yeah, so what 72-hour post-fight seems to be, to me, is um, pretty straight uh, saxophone and drum-driven normal jazz music, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's made strange through the production and sound design and uh, just the way that the songs are constructed and how they move. It makes it really interesting. And it's interesting also that it's called non-background music because I would say that's probably a tongue-in-cheek sort of deal because it is perfect background music. It is, at first glance, super mellow, all right? The production keeps it interesting, uh, and it's never boring, and they're sort of like long pieces um, that are just seriously chill music. It brought to mind, like, 90s trip-hop stuff, but also some moody, kind of chill Twin Peaks vibes as well. All kinds of different music I feel you could hear in this. And I would say if you're if you're a fan of jazz, if you're a fan of trip hop, if you're a fan of just like chill music that you can, you know, do other things to or whatever that don't require tons of listening, but every once in a while you go, oh shit, that was cool. Or, oh wow, that sound is cool. Like it it captures your attention periodically. I don't think you have to just set and close your eyes and listen on headphones for this. You can, and I'm sure it'd be a really nice experience. If you're a fan of the things I'm about to mention, I really think you should give it a shot. And if it doesn't work for you, then whatever. But so David Lynch and Angelo Battle the you know Twin Peaks kind of feel, it's totally there. I don't think it's quite as dark um, at times, but it's there. Roni size and... Uh, represent oh, was kind of a big uh, kind of breakbeat drum and bass trip hop record um, in the what late 90s, I guess, probably. It reminded me of that a bit. There's a lot of brain dance stuff that happens, at least in the production. So like Apex Twin, there's a bit of like uh, Boren and Der Club of Gore, which if anyone listens to that this show and doesn't listen to that and likes Chill kind of dark Twin Peaksy, not quite post-rock, you should check them out big time. Some of the uh, saxophone remind me of Tuxedo Moon. And some of the just mood and progressions reminded me of the Black Heart Procession. So it's moody and it's atmospheric and it's really good. And if you're a fan of, like I said, jazz saxophone and or drumming, this is going to be really cool for you. Yeah, I don't know. I would say to anyone listening, like, take a chance on something that maybe isn't pushing all the boundaries. You know, you might enjoy just having something on that's really good. So what'd you think, Dan?
0: Yeah. Um, I honestly don't really have much more to add to the conversation with this that I will say this right off the bat. This is really out of my wheelhouse. I really liked it, but I'm really unfamiliar with a lot of this kind of stuff. I'm, I've only really heard like a very small percentage of this kind of stuff, but I would definitely say that I heard a very huge trip hop vibe, kind of definitely loungy, or as you put it, chill Mm -hmm. vibes, Yeah, Uh, chill jazz. This was straight up chill music. Mm -hmm. And I would 100% agree with you. And I don't think this is a bad thing at all. This is 100% background music to me. Mm -hmm. Like you said, Eric, I do think that, it was kind of a tongue in cheek the time it had, it had to be, because I think if you're making this kind of music, there's no way that you can't at least acknowledge that there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to view it that way. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's a bad thing because like you said, um, and I'm going to basically repeat a lot of the things that you said, Eric, because Mm -hmm. I just, I think you nailed it and you know, very, very well it's just not something that you're going to put on in like the car, like, like a car ride or something, or, well, or maybe it, maybe it is actually if that, if, if your thing is background music, but like maybe that was a really poor example, but you're not going to put this on like, you know, and dance around. And it's, it definitely like, like you said, it's got the chill vibes to it. You know, sometimes that's just what you really need. You know, sometimes Sometimes you don't need to, you know, and you've already pretty much said this, Eric, you don't need to go all out. Yeah, I can't really say much more than that. The stuff that this reminded me of, I agree with everything that you said, Eric, but, and I, again, I've only really heard bits and pieces of these types of bands, but Mm -hmm. Tortoise came to mind. Mm -hmm. Mouse on Mars came to mind. Um, A little bit of air, maybe, but also I would say too, some of the Mike Patton stuff, like, uh, what it lovage? Yeah. Um, sure. I would also say like some of the stuff that was on the peeping Tom record, mm-hmm. um, because this definitely has that sort of breakbeat soft jazz element to it. Mm-hmm. For sure. I personally think that there was one track that was mostly guitar yeah. and that kind of stood out in like one of the most, awesome ways. I thought I really, really enjoyed that track. I, I forgive me, but I can't think of the, uh, the, title made, of the song. made of clay? Yeah. Made of clay. That's yeah. it. That's the mm-hmm. one. And cool. Oh man, was that, that was just killer. That was cool such song. a, such a cool song. And yeah. it, I kind of feel like it almost gave us, gave the listener kind of a break from the mm-hmm. breakbeat jazz element that was going on. Yeah. And so, when that kind of element is introduced, then I can almost see like a sort of a, um, I don't know, Don Cabarello Mm -hmm. feel to it or something, you know, because there, there was guitars on this thing, you know, Mm -hmm. but it just kind of, uh, that's the one, the one song that I think the guitars were really the centerpiece. Yeah. And I I thought that was really cool. Like I said, this is pretty much out of my wheelhouse. I don't Mm -hmm. listen to this kind of stuff on a regular basis, but you know, if, if I'm in a mood, I could definitely see myself listening to this. Like, I don't know, like if I'm cooking or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, or this is going to totally I'm going to totally, cause I thought about this more. If I'm on a road trip and I want to relax, this Mm -hmm. would be the perfect thing to listen to. So I don't know where I was going with that.
1: (laughs) No, I, 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 I'm glad you brought up the car thing because, um, just last night I was, um, Uh, driving at night and I was listening to it and it actually worked really well. It had sort of a, um, taxi driver feel to it, you know, uh, which I love that score. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, That is, that is great. Yeah. It had sort of that cool night driving vibe to it. Yep.
0: And, and like I said, I agree with you pretty much a hundred percent on this. And when I hear this kind of stuff, there's usually like, I don't know, like I've, I've listened to some mouse on Mars and I've listened to some, and whenever I see descriptions of them, I'm kind of like, Oh, well, that sounds really interesting. And mm-hmm. for the first two songs, I'm like, man, I need to start making music like this, <laughs> you know, cause it's, yeah. it's, su- it's such a soundscape and such, and it is very cinematic too. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the one, the one group that I really, and I know, I know this is one of your favorite groups mm-hmm. that I mentioned that I would really say that at least the the album moon safari by air, I thought was brilliant. Mm -hmm. That was such a brilliant record, but totally that's where my knowledge of Mm -hmm. this and even like trip hop or whatever you want to call it, even like something like Aphex 10, which which I know is more, that's a little, uh, quite a bit more intense, but Mm -hmm. like
1: sometimes, yeah, all,
0: yeah, sometimes exactly. But, uh, my knowledge is very limited, but I do like this when I hear it, And I think this was a, it was a really good, really good album. Cool. So now we're going on to the local pick from Iowa City's own Dryad. I will tell you that uh, they are a friend of the show, unlike Chuck. We uh, actually had Dryad on uh, for an interview and we reviewed their previous album that came out, Oh, geez, that was probably five years ago now or something, wasn't it? not not the review, but the album came out five years ago. And um, this is amazing. This, I think this is proof that Dryad just keeps getting better and better at what they're doing and what they're going for. I think this is the proper meeting ground of old school necro style, black metal, like dark throne, or maybe early mayhem, or even, I don't know, emperor before they became like a sort of cinematic band or whatever. And I'm all, I know I'm f- only throwing out like kind of the more well-known early black metal bands, but that's, I, you know, that's kind of what I'm familiar with with that genre, but it's the meeting ground of that kind of stuff. Cause I, at, at the heart of this record, I do think it's a pretty much a black metal record, but there's a lot more going on. So it's the meeting ground of that in my mind, and John Carpenter synth, you know, cinematic horror movie music. Uh, But there's also a lot of other things, some really great um, instrumental interludes that I think um, really connect the album together very well. I think the synth element is definitely even more pronounced than on the other release that we reviewed, which I know talking to, um, Claire, that was, th- that definitely seems to be kind of a, uh, a goal that Dryad were kind of going for. And I think they really, really accomplished that on this release. I mean, there's, there's some straight up, like what I would call dungeon synth mm-hmm. instrumentals on here, like great ambient type stuff. Again, going back to like the John Carpenter sort of pieces. And I will say this, um, I'm, I'm comparing it to the John Carpenter stuff because I mean, that's, that's kind of the only thing that I know when it comes to like instrumental synth, like right off of my head, the vocals sound cold as hell. This entire record when they get heavy is just so intense, almost scary sounding. I mean, it really has that grit and that straight up, just like, I have no other way to describe it than just like really icy, cold, just really aggressive black metal. And it's it's not just black metal. There's, you know, all of the stuff that Dryad is clearly influenced by. You got black death and thrash elements as well. I would say there's definitely a huge crossover appeal here too. Yeah. I mean, it's just a straight up, no bullshit metal release at the end of the day. And it's, it's dark as hell. And I really dig what they were doing with this record. I, th- I think this is amazing. I would say that if you like, um, you know, the John Carpenter stuff that I keep mentioning over and over again, Dungeon Synth stuff, uh, Blood Incantation, some of it reminded me of that. Again, Dark Throne. Kralis, that Kralis record
1: mm-hmm.
0: that we uh, reviewed. Some elements of that, although I would say it's not as, I guess, sci fi as the Kralis mm-hmm. record, then again, you know, it kind of was at the same time. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, it feels to me like they went in, you know, the ideas to meld everything that they're into and it just kind of came out full force. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. this, I love this record. Um, I, I don't know. I don't have much more to say other than I'm blown away. Uh, what do you think, Eric?
1: Yeah. I, I liked it a lot. I found it to be just, outrageously brutal and heavy, totally black metal. But I also think it's a little crustier than that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it's a little less rigid than that. I think the riffs move and change. And um, I think we even talked about that a little when we had them on. It's just like things are free to, to morph into other things with Dryad. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. And I think that um, it comes through that way. It doesn't feel like they're locked into a certain or a specific thing, you know. Uh Claire and Cal's dual vocals are almost shockingly intense. Like seriously. They they feel like urgent and and tortured, you know, like like the like lingua and ignata that we reviewed. Like yes. how those vocals just feel like someone actually going through pain right like yes has a similar element you know and then just having that brutal sort of um guttural dry lung aspect underneath of that a lot of the time too just adds to that intensity this is all going to sound pretty much like what you talked about because it they accomplished everything so well and to such a degree that the takeaways are gonna be pretty overt you know mm-hmm. like you're hearing exactly what they wanted you to hear and that i that i mean that's how it feels to me and so yeah the synth element of it um it permeates throughout if you listen closely there's there's a synth running through a lot of this record um mm-hmm. and like you said they're into this so like Like Oliver has a dungeon synth project called Precious. Uh, Claire has one called Mystic Cross. Mm -hmm. It obviously is a huge part of what they do. It adds to the epicness of everything. And it, it makes the sound, it fills it out and makes it so dense that it almost feels impenetrable. Like there's not a frequency that's not filled. You know what I mean? It's just like an onslaught of sound. It's really cool. But yeah, I love the dungeon synth piece, Hadell, mm-hmm. And um, the uh, the song uh, Chimera Monstrosa has had almost a synth wave element, like you said, like John Carpenter. Yes. Um, and so that I feel adds to uh, the atmosphere. Uh, it adds to the sound. it it diversifies the sound a little bit, which sometimes I think you need when things are this intense, you know, and this heavy. But yeah, I I thought it was really just great. I thought it was amazing. But yeah, my experience with black metal is pretty limited. Um, So these are going to also be pretty surface level stuff that I would say reminded me of, but like Emperor, Mm -hmm. uh, Satyricon, Demu, Borgir, or whatever, however you Mm -hmm. say it. I'm sure I've said it wrong, but I, I think you're saying um, it right actually. Things like like that, you know, black metal with synth. Yeah. I don't know. I I think it is really cool. And I think dryad are just basically killing it.
0: Yeah. Um, I also want to say I don't know if I actually said the name of the record <laughs> oh, okay. in my review. Um, so the name of the record, and I apologize, I maybe I did say it, but I kind of don't think I did. But the name of the record is the abyssal plane. The other thing that I want to say is um it's been so long since since I've seen Dryad perform live. And I'm sure they probably mentioned it in the interview, but I totally forgot that Cal also does vocals in the band too, as well as Claire. So that I think added to the intensity of the whole For thing. Sure. Yeah, I, I was really blown away. So anyway, I just wanted to clarify that just in case I didn't and you can edit that out if um I did say the album title, but just okay. in case.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. We should mention album titles, I guess. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, so um, a newer thing we've been doing recently is having a single of the week. And I got to say it presents sort of a interesting conundrum because at what point is it a single? And at what point is it an EP? You know? Right. Um and that's something we're just going to have to navigate because I don't know for sure, um, Sure, but my pick for the single of the week is by a group called MS paint, no spaces, all capital title of it is called Titan of hope. It has three songs on it. So, you know, like I said, I think that is dangerously close to an EP, like one more song. Mm-hmm. And I would say, no, that's not a single anymore. So, you know, whatever, but it's three songs they're similar in their own ways, but they also do a lot of different things. Uh, I don't remember. I think someone posted someone I follow on Instagram posted about seeing them somewhere. And I literally don't know who it was or whatever. I'm just saying, I don't know how I found out about this. this is, that's what I'm trying to say, but um, it's a tough one to describe. It's um, it's noise rock. I threw in through, I think like, I think if you're a, a fan of Jesus lizard, you're going to get this pretty instantly. But the weird thing is, it's like, this is also electronic music and not like, not necessarily like the locust, which is, you know, you're just, you have hardcore plus synthesizer. Like this is really rooted in the, in the electronics. Um, and so it creates this sort of strange situation, you know, and it, 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 uh, The push-pull of that makes it uh, really interesting and um, exciting to hear. Uh, The elements all work amazingly well together. Uh, It's aggressive, yet it's uplifting, you know? There's heavy guitars, uh, kind of angular, distorted things happening with the guitars, but then there's like epic synth lines happening too. And they don't really, get in each other's way. Um, I I guess I'm talking about sounds because I don't know who does what in the band, but the sounds don't get in each other's ways. And I think it's a combination of real drums and drum machine. I don't know that for sure, but that's how it feels. Uh, It's super cool and enjoyable. I can't wait to hear more from them. Um, And I'm just going to list off some things that reminded me of and you guys can figure out if that sounds like something that makes any sense and you might be into, but uh, vocally unsane Jesus lizard Uh, soul glow, maybe to an extent Um, and also musically and vocally a bit like Saul Williams. Um, But then the electronic side of that, like six finger satellite trans am in, in its presentation and how it's, made, I guess, Brainiac would maybe be something I would mention. But yeah, it's basically like if you ever wanted to hear Transam with the singer from Unsane over it, this is pretty much it. So, which I didn't even know that was something I wanted to hear, but it is, and I'm glad I did. So what'd you think, Dan?
0: Yeah, I, I have a slightly different, but also at the same time, very similar <laughs> take okay. that you have on MS Paint. And I was kind of trying to figure out if it was like MS Paint. Like, are they referencing Microsoft Paint? Yeah, I think uh, so. Or is it Miss Paint?
1: No, like, I, I, would guess yeah, I would guess it's I mean, MS Paint. Because MS Paint is still the best uh, graphic design program. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: right. But yeah, straight up, this is what I would call synthcore. I mean, it's hardcore with a synth. Um, to confirm, it is a combination of a, a real drummer and okay. a drum machine. And I know this because I was so interested in what the hell is going on with this mm-hmm. band after you showed this to me, like, uh, you know, a couple hours ago. And then right. I was like, I went to YouTube and I was like, I got to see what the live setup is mm. if there is any. And yeah. sure enough, it's a bass player, drummer, a uh, synth player, and, um, and, uh, a singer. So it's it's actually a four-piece band. It's this blend of industrial, digital, hardcore, hardcore punk. And that's straight up, like, I can't think of a better way to describe it than synth core. Now, in my opinion, the singer's voice reminded me of, like, sort of youth crew vocals Hmm. mixed Mm -hmm. with David Yao. So that was close to what... And the singer from Unsane, I could actually see that as well. Mm -hmm. I think that his vocals were cleaner, that are cleaner than the singer from Unsane's though. Mm Because like David Yao did um, use distortion on his vocals sometimes, Mm -hmm. but not all the time. Uh, It seemed to me like the singer from Unsane insisted on distorted vocals all Mm -hmm. the time, which was what was great about them, honestly. Um, But I also think that um, there's sort of a youth crew element Uh, this is going to sound kind of weird, maybe to you, Eric, but Mm -hmm. I would say like Jeffrey from modern life is war is kind of somewhat, and and even though modern life is war is not, um, Mm -hmm. a youth crew band, um, the, the vocals kind of reminded me of that. And maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit of like, um, I, I I can't think of any, like, like maybe, um, Civ, you know, Civ from, um, Mm -hmm. Gorilla Biscuits. Okay. Um, stuff like that. Uh, and even Ian MacKay. actually quite a bit of Ian MacKay, to be honest, uh, his vocals reminded me of that quite a bit again. Yeah. If you, um, I'm basically just repeating some of the stuff that Eric said, but if you, if that sounds appealing to you, this is your album. Um, as far as, uh, who this reminded me of, I agree with Jesus Lizard, I agree with Unsane. Um, I would also say Soul Glow to a certain extent, Mm -hmm. especially when Soul Glow does their kind of more hip hop oriented stuff, Mm -hmm. even though this is not really hip hop oriented, but Soul Glow does kind of, they sort of dabble in some electronic Mm -hmm. hip hop influence stuff. And when they do that, this definitely reminds me of that. I would also say the armed and turnstile would not be too Mm -hmm. um, far off the map. Uh, Kill Altars. Some of the stuff yeah. reminded me of that. Um, and then, yeah, on the electronic side, I would say definitely um, Six Finger Satellite, uh, Men's Recovery Project, Yeah, um, Big Black, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because of the uh, drum machine element for sure, but also because I could also hear a little bit of Steve Albini in the singer's voice too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this this is great. I can't wait to hear more because. I think there's a lot that can be done with this, um, this sort of thing. And it, while this, this has kind of been done in the past in a lot of different ways, I don't think it's quite been done the way that we're hearing it here. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really cool. So there is, there is an element of the familiar, but there's also an element of maybe some new ideas and how to approach this. So I don't know. I think it's,
1: I think it's really cool. Yeah. I've really, I, I really liked it. I think it's cool. And uh, if you are the one that posted about seeing MS paint on Instagram, uh, go ahead and message us. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you credit. So I I'm wonder out. where they're from. They're from Mississippi. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing some more stuff. Uh, boy, this was an interesting set of uh, reviews that we yeah, have going if on. If
1: you can't find something to like in this <laughs> episode, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. I mean, maybe just give up on music. <laughs> yeah. Give up on music. I mean, I already have apparently. Yeah. I gave up on music until this episode until yeah. Until this episode. I am like, like, oh man, music's really something.
0: I think that was the, um, intent, right? <laughs> we were just like, you know what we've, we've given up now let's, uh, start up again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a, a lot of really good stuff. Um, yeah. So we did learn about Metallica's favorite
1: food. That was good. Yeah. I, I realized that I didn't disagree with Lars about something, yeah. which kind of breaks my heart. Makes me, <laughs> it makes me kind of wonder if it's really worth it to go on, but <laughs> you know, I'll find something. I'll I mean, find something, To keep me going.
0: I mean, yeah, and and it has to be on the day that you started up music again. Right. You You you, you take the good, you
1: you take the bad, you take the both.
0: You were just fine continuing on, you know, giving up, and and here you go. Like, yeah. And then this has to happen.
1: Man, it's like a goddamn emotional roller coaster,
0: this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. There's a lot of ups and a lot of downs. But those downs, downs. mostly downs, that's how it is. Uh, Did you like going Uh, on roller coasters when you were a kid?
1: I still like it. And this is going to sound like I'm trying to be interesting and I'm not (laughs) because I hate when people try to be interesting, but I, uh, I actually, it's one of the times in my life. I'm most relaxed. Like I usually just like close my eyes and just chill. It's so relaxing. Wow. No, that's... I don't know. It's really weird. I think it's because the second they lock you in and you're going up the first hill or whatever, I don't know what they're called. I don't know roller coaster nomenclature, apparently. Uh, I think uh, hill is probably. Yeah, you're going up the, the hill and right at the top, you honestly have no control over anything in the world anymore. Right. And it's that loss of or no more like relinqu- relinquishing of control. Like that is really, um, it's a really calming thing for me to just realize there's nothing I can do. There's not a single thing I can change about this situation. And so yeah. I just like, let it go. Like wow. I get frozen, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, um, wow wait is uh, there a frozen roller coaster shit uh yeah i would zen out so would not hard. be surprised <laughs> yeah I, I don't know man i wish that i could say the same thing but the yeah. truth is i'm a, i'm a huge uh wuss when it comes to roller coasters oh. i um you know what i did like though uh What's i was a that? huge fan of like the log flume ride hmm. I, I like i
1: like way. water rides if there's water involved then i feel safe but isn't that sort of yeah, like cause just I'm a, a roller coaster with a pool at the end
0: Pretty much. I mean, except that you don't go, uh, you don't go like upside down or anything. Oh, sure. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Do you remember like the, uh, Chicago loop? Uh, like a great river days. Yeah. Like a great
1: river day. Yeah. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, you, you, that's It's like a, you go upside down and then you just hang there for, like you hang there eight for eight or like, nine minutes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, there was somebody, there, yeah. there was one time where that it malfunctioned and, uh, oh they were left hanging there for like a
1: half an hour or something. Uh, that would be pretty scary. Pretty scary.
0: It would be very scary. And that's why that's oh. honestly more than anything. That's why I can't get on like super extreme roller coasters. Cause if, see. if that happened, I, that, that just gives me anxiety thinking about it. But, sure. but if, if the log flume would have malfunctioned, <laughs> I would have been just fine.
1: Right. That's true. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. I know, You know, I don't know why. Like, cause a lot of people are afraid of water,
1: you know? Yeah. Um, so did everyone on the Chicago loop just like start barfing? Cause that'd be pretty cool. It happened. While it, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> on great river days. Yeah. Uh, BTW great river days is a festival <laughs> in our hometown of Buscatine. Uh, that I think is now defunct if I'm not, yeah, it's been um, like a concert series or something.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's been, it's been taken down by the man.
1: Yeah. The man, the man, Uh, but I really liked it.
0: Yeah. I don't know that it was, it was, it was, it was a good time. I remember there was always a bunch Mm. of food vendors, uh, serving the crappiest food, but
1: yet so delicious. Yeah. It was filthy, dirty, crappy food. You could get cool Twisted sister mirrors if you popped a balloon. <laughs> there was always a threat of gang violence, which Yeah, there was great. You know,
0: yeah, that's what I was gonna say.
1: I was trying to think of a it um, never actually happened, just like everything in Muscatine. I but was trying to, I was trying, they to, always think trying of, to scare
0: us. I was trying to think of a memory. I kinda got lost. Yeah. Uh you totally like uh, reminded me of that. I, I remember there was this uh there was a fight that happened and then a rumor broke out that somebody had a knife. Everybody flips from Chicago, they're like, A knife, what's a knife doing out?
1: Yeah, Yeah. well, somebody won it at that game where you drop the quarter in or the coin in and it lands and hopefully pushes enough coins out or whatever. I always got really cool knives from that.
0: I remember the uh, the mirrors that you were talking about, I remember the Iron Maiden ones, the Guns N' Roses ones, yeah, yeah, man,
1: what a dream. It wasn't what a what a white trash glam <laughs> rock fucking <laughs> glam- switchblade <laughs> dream. Well, anyway,
0: ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, um, um, thanks for I'm, listening. I'm very I'm very <laughs> glad you did instagram facebook you know where to find us We're called accelerative thrust and um yeah thanks for listening i hope that y'all find something that y'all something that you like from what we reviewed like eric said if you don't then you don't know what you're doing with your life
1: yeah get it together bud get it together all yeah. right see all right. y'all later bye, bye. bye. <laughs> every song would be better if you mentioned the moon there's no way around <laughs> every that.
0: single one